Hello, everybody. This is Mark Vines, and welcome to The Mark Vines Show. And once again, this is your one-stop shop for everything American, freedom, patriotic, liberty, really just everything you need to know about politics, and particularly here in Virginia. And today, we have a special guest. We have Bob Wood, who is the CEO of the American Veterans Vote, Inc., and uh, we're going to uh, talk with him about what uh, American Veteran American Veterans Vote is all about. I've talked about them with some of the uh, Virginia candidates uh, that are running for the House of Delegates here in November. Uh, I've, I've, I've plugged American Veterans Vote. I'm a member of American Veterans Vote. I really love these guys. And Bob is the CEO of American Veterans Vote. And he's going to he's going to tell us what this is all about and how you can support the organization. And more importantly, we're going to talk today about uh, the upcoming election, what it means, and how veterans can help. But not just veterans, but everybody, everybody in Virginia, because this is going to be a critical election, particularly with Virginia being so close to D.C. If we could get Virginia to turn back red and get back control and stop some of the insanity that's going on in the state. That will send a very powerful message up into Washington, D.C. So with that, here is Bob Wood. So, Bob, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, uh, that's quite a tagline you have coming in here. <laughs> Justice, and it, it is good. We, uh, it's, a, it's a joy to be on, frankly. We have a wonderful, I think, mission, uh, a great group of people working hard at it. Uh, and it's great to feature what they're about and what we're about. And you mentioned the races, and this race is particularly important. We all started uh, with Daniel Gade's race. Uh, well, yeah. We're all volunteers. We had about 40 real hardcore volunteers working hard in retail politics, all of us veterans, really all of us. On, we didn't know each other very well, we, and we formed this team and uh, enjoyed what we were doing. Uh, we, we worked as hard as we could. We wrote, we knocked, we rang doorbells. Uh, we supported any way we could. Didn't quite win. Um, interestingly, Daniel Gay was uh, one of my armor company commanders when I commanded the uh, Second Infantry Division in Korea. And uh, I sent him, in fact, deployed him with a brigade combat team to Iraq, where he unfortunately was injured. Uh, and he called me about two and a half years ago, knowing I had run for office in Alexandria. And asked me if I could just offer support, help, guidance, you name it. Uh, I was honored, uh, you bet. And off we went, and I fell in with this great group of veterans. And at the end of a campaign season, uh, we worked as hard as we could for it. was a really a hard push for about 12 weeks. Um, we uh, didn't win, but when we looked around, we said, well, we didn't see anyone else in this space. Uh, that is uh, a conservative space uh, focused on uh, a couple things, veteran issues, the Constitution, national, the nation's security. And we said, well, why don't we, why don't we form as an organization and get, you know, get legal with uh, incorporation, uh, put together uh, the appropriate things needed to uh, actually operate as a 527 in Virginia. And we did a, we did a, lot, a lot of hard work in the January, February time period. Uh, with the meetings and the uh, the arrangements, and and actually built our whole program of you know from mission through goals, but more importantly, the built a culture that was prepared to really enter the race this year because it's one of the only two races, as you know, uh, uh, statewide races in the nation. One is New Jersey, and the other is here. So with that hard work and really team building, uh, we were able to. Uh, attract, frankly, the attention of uh, not only uh, the state party, the Republican Party, 
and Rich Anderson, and he fully endorsed our efforts, but also then subsequently Glenn Youngkin and his campaign. So we help, we're proud to lead the, coal, the veteran coalition for Glenn Youngkin, and we're working hard, equally hard for uh, Winston, Winston Sears and uh, Jason Mieres. And that uh, pretty, pretty hard and fast eight-month ride, uh, but the momentum continues to build. And we're really just trying to uh, do what sounds simple, but it, it's not done too often, and particularly as with veterans, and we're trying to promote the political voice of veterans. Uh, and I would say in mission partners, those who align with veterans and, and the interests that we're fighting for. And we're trying to particularly support veterans and their families, uh, defend the Constitution, and help build this, a strong national security. And that, uh, that's more than a full-time job. But it's more, it's more interesting, particularly because as veterans, we really didn't think of ourselves, I don't think we did or do, as Republicans or Democrat, we simply had a mission and got about doing it, enjoyed it, uh, swore an oath to support and to defend this constitution. And we, we worked, hard, worked hard and ultimately retired or left the service and suddenly found ourselves at home in a community uh, with concerns, whether they be uh, education that was in our schools or taxes that were, we were paying or development down the block. And in the military, you're, you're probably familiar with it, we often say, well, we, we don't do politics, or that's policy, or that's above my pay grade. But not only are, were we soldiers, we are citizens. And we find out pretty quickly that politics isn't necessarily something we would have ever thought of in the first order, but pretty soon it becomes important in terms of solving problems. And that general approach uh, to the veteran population, it's not a hard sell. It goes back to that oath to the Constitution, and it talks about, a lot about the mission uh, the, frankly, the camaraderie among veterans is, is legend and, and it's absolutely real. And so it hasn't been too hard to sell is to interest veterans in entering the public square. Candidates, yes, but importantly, supporting the candidates who are running, who are in line with the beliefs you may have or we support. And uh, finding that it's just down the block as well, that community involvement that likely is very second nature to veterans who find themselves coaching little league teams and supporting church activities and helping in the schools and building businesses. Well, one of the businesses in the public squares is politics mm -hmm. and politics that supports this constitutional Republic put together by the way, by a bunch of uh, very distinguished Virginians years past. It's been fun and we continue to build strength. Uh, frankly, our network continues to grow. Wow. Well, can you give us sort of a layout? You and I were talking before we came on the program. The What has been the participation of veterans? Because I know you guys collect a lot of data. Maybe run through some of that with our listeners because yeah. you, you have some folks uh, that come in and, and really crunch the numbers. And I went to a meeting last week with you guys and was very impressed with really the handle and feel that you have on uh, not only the number of veterans that are in Virginia, but their participation rate as well. Well, it, it is important, and it does turn out that the greatest part about the organization is it's a volunteer organization. Uh, we we are we do have a membership. Uh, it is a we're building you know building the account, but we're focused in particular on helping uh, the candidates. In this case, the House House of Delegates candidates, which is the big race, and then the mm -hmm. state ticket. 
Um, so we do have to understand where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are, and naturally data is a good way to get after it. So there's a variety of databases that do exist, but we have two or three great data scientists, PhDs, et cetera, that have, are veterans who came and said, I'd like to help you do the work on data. So we do take a hard look at data. I mean, we have uh, a, large, a large number of veterans in the state. Uh, there's about 770, 780 thousand veterans in the state. It's it, it's a very, very large per capita number in the state compared to the rest of the nation. Particularly, interestingly, too, we have a, a second or third largest veteran population per capita um, in the nation. So this diverse population breaks out in its voting patterns, and we have data on the voting patterns and understand uh, from each of the last oh, four or five races how those voting patterns played out in the various communities that surround these districts that have candidates running. And so as you look at it, uh, 2019, for instance, we had a 55% participation rate uh, for veterans voting. That's about 206,000 votes in 2019. And of course, that was the last uh, House of District race. Uh, and Go back a little further, 2017, it was a 59% participation rate, the last time we voted for governor. And we could break that out into various elements of the parties, two parties. But in particular, we have, the, we have data available that tells us where, what communities uh, and where they break out. And we provided a lot of that data to candidates because we think it's important. They don't have a lot of time and definitely not a lot of resources. So they have to be efficient in the use of what volunteer support they get. So we're doing the same thing. And importantly, we continue to build that data, not just numbers, but uh, the emails that we can, uh, we can uh, develop, uh, the phone numbers, all that sort of information. And it's, it's less about ground troops at this point. We continue to build volunteers, over 300 volunteers right, right now across the state who have opted into supporting um, but that can, those numbers continue to grow. But you just you think, well, we're veterans, so there must be, and a lot of them, no fact, no, no, uh, no kidding, we have it. But it's not a huge ground force when you looked at, at the full state of Virginia. We have them. We're supporting the local uh, local candidates as best we can, but we also support them with messaging, and uh, writing, and delivering, and sending messaging, uh, magnifying what they're doing as events, what they're doing as uh, collective activities. And so that is, uh, frankly, part, part of the good thing that has comes with uh, kind of the digital data that we have. Mm -hmm. As well, in this year of the pandemic, we've been probably around almost the entire pandemic. I think I met Daniel Gade that first time somewhere around the 20th of December, uh, way back in 2019. So Zoom has been a great tool. I mean, we can talk across the state, across the distributed uh, leadership and workforce and, uh, and really rally easily uh, with the virtual tools that we've got. So with data, with virtual tools, and frankly, with veterans uh, who are real get or done kind of bunch of people, um, once they understand what's needed of them and where it has to happen, uh, it's, it's then best we do at our level, which is a small corporate uh, headquarters of sorts uh, is we reinforce them, reinforce what they're doing, uh, distribute what they, they've got, and then link them in the network. One of the things I've learned a lot from my background in the military was you can gain a lot of leverage and a lot of power by having a network of networks. 
it's not one person. It's the power of the network that matters. And we're using that to our advantage, I believe, in uh, magnifying our efforts in support of a host of House delegates in support of our, our three uh, issues we're concerned about, veterans and their family, supporting our Constitution and building the nation's security. So uh, that has caught the attention and we're thankful it's caught the donations of some people that are equally interested in those three things. And we continue to build uh, build the mass we need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, my, my theory, this is just Mike's theory, is this. When you look out at the lay of the land, the number of people that actually vote, I'm talking about total number of people in the nation that actually vote, it, it's it's really not as high as I would think that it, that it should be, right? And when you go around and you talk to people in the country, everybody has an opinion. Like if, we, if you talk about Donald Trump, if you talk about Joe Biden, if you talk about, uh, well, the current race that we have here in Virginia, everybody has an opinion on it. But your opinion doesn't really matter, per se, unless you get out and vote on election day. And to me, and Bob, correct me if, you know, or at least give me your opinion if you don't agree with me, is it's important that if you have an opinion on what's going on in this nation today, and if, uh, and this is for everybody, not just for veterans, but we're, we're, we're particularly talking to the veterans here today on this particular show, you have to get out and vote. Right, you have to do that. You cannot sit out. I think the last few years has demonstrated this is not the time to sit out and let somebody else carry the the pack. This is not the time to think that your vote doesn't matter because it does matter. It yeah, really I, does matter. Can you yeah, address I'll, that a bit? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you Mike, what's really interesting at local local elections where we're talking about here, House District and and uh, so forth. Uh, our our job is not to bring 6,000 votes to a particular candidate. Our job at the margin, the difference between winning and losing is sometimes, well, it's it's seldom more than 2,500 votes right. at the margin. It's more, the average we've looked at, it's somewhere between 1,200 and 1,300 votes average. And and that's that's with a pretty, pretty broad distribution around that point. It's about 1,200 votes. So if we can rally 1,200 votes in a, one particular district for one particular candidate, we can absolutely, and I'm saying veteran votes of people we can mobilize, uh, you can definitely influence or even win an election. And we're, we have all of the analysis of all the elections that have occurred this last time. So we know the vote differentials. We know, uh, frankly, we know a lot about who didn't vote because, and that is to say they're registered. They've maybe voted once or twice. But we know we have as much data about who are on the rolls who didn't vote. Again, where they live, how we can contact them, and how we could reinforce the idea of, frankly, getting every veteran every vote, which is the theme that we've, we've, uh, we're using. Every veteran, every vote. Mm-hmm. Be- have the information about who has voted before and who has not voted in the last election, for instance. And our goal, as we now that early, early voting is underway, we can we will know who has and they don't know how you voted. They just know that the voter number, the Virginia voter number, indicates that you have voted or not voted. Uh, and we have organized, like good military folks, a strategy, a campaign to take a look at how we squeeze the last four or five weeks of this campaign, knowing who hasn't voted. And you know we have the ability to walk the block, knock on doors, uh, encourage or support. Maybe they need a ride. Maybe they need a reminder. Uh, maybe they need help of some sort. Uh, and we often hear the tale of, of uh, you know, buses and showing up and, you know, bringing people 
to the to the to the uh, polls, uh, we're not out of that's not out of the question as we continue to squeeze the last vote, last vote. So we have every veteran, every vote, because the numbers are certainly large enough to determine, frankly, to win a net six votes in the House district race. Yeah. We need to we need to hold what we have and win six additional votes. Uh, I mean, six additional candidates need to win. And and so it's not boil the ocean. It's focused as we can on what we can get done effectively and with efficiency using the data we've got and the support we're getting and bring it down to a winnable race and understand what we have to win in the last several weeks. Getting out the early vote is critically important, of course. And to us, it frankly makes the job a little easier because we'll know who has already voted and who hasn't. Uh, and so any good campaign, you know, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can with the tools we've got uh, and, and hopefully bring it home uh, with uh, a, a big win, which you pointed out in the beginning is, I think would be very important win here in Virginia would be a signal that, yes, there's change back to a, to a Republican, at least a, 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 not a all one party set, uh, setup. We want to see it, of course, a win across the board, but frankly, to get representation back in the government that we uh, that we have. Uh, and doing that and signaling that I think would be very important. Now, secondarily, and saying veterans had a particular role in it because we organized, we understood the importance. And frankly, we repeated we, 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 community service so much like the service we had while we were in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what makes the fire there. It, it, it just keeps us moving harder every day. Yeah, because you know, Bob, I, I don't know about you, but I, I talk to a lot of people and I'm, I'm sure you do as well. And, and I'm not talking about all Republicans either, by the way, and I'm not talking about all military people. I mean just people, and I live in Fairfax County, which is pretty deep blue, but the events over the last nine months, nine or so months, uh, since January, of, of, of course, uh, has been stunning. I, I mean, I knew, frankly, that this administration was going to be a disaster, but I didn't realize it was going to be a disaster this fast and, and this bad. And a lot of people who even voted for Joe Biden, and I'm going to connect the two, Joe Biden and the gubernatorial race here in a second, it, it is stunning to people. And there is a sense with a lot of folks that there's this sense of helplessness and this depression and this, you know, what in the world has happened here? And what can we do? That's going to be the big part. And that's what we're talking about here today is the question is, what can you do about it? You know, you lead from where you stand. You know, the, the folks in the military understand you lead from where you stand and you never give up. And the first question you should be asking yourself is, what can I do? What can the average person do? Well, the well, average person has a vote, number one. And that we start with we that, don't we? That. Mike, we fought for that vote. We yeah. served for that. Uh, it is a cherished element of our of our democracy, and you say, well, it's so singular, it's just one. But again, that's what drew us to the look at what could we really get done by netting together uh, an element that could support candidates mm -hmm. by building information that could help voters. And and you're right, it's it yes, it can be the parties, but it's not only uh, disastrous as you call it, it, it's dangerous. Yes, the thing about Veterans is most of them certainly in their time of service had a variety of different peacetime, wartime, and, and around the around the uh, world. But they did almost daily thought about the nature of their next mission. And and sometimes when you think about it, and you see Ukraine or you see uh, 
the Middle East or you see Korea or Taiwan, you know, there's a little bit of a personal vested interest in competency, in uh, effective leadership, uh, in accountability. Uh, and so I can tell you the events of the last several months uh, not only are disastrous, but in some cases dangerous as yes. we think about we're the ones who end up deploying, redeploying, and redeploying. We're the ones whose family wait and worry. Families who have already been through numbers of the, particularly in Virginia, we have 27 military installations in Virginia. We have a very large uh, Marine Corps. Uh, every heck, we've got ACC, we've got Air Force, we've got Joint, we've got Marine Corps, we've got Army. Uh, Norfolk, and, uh, you got the, the huge oh base down God. there, Little Creek, Norfolk, Oceania. Well, Norfolk, yeah. you know, the Navy base, the largest, you know, the port itself largest on the in the world almost, but it's certainly on the East Coast. So we have a huge uh, workforce that works behind that. So we all have a vested interest in, again, veterans and their families, the Constitution, and our nation's security. Not just F-16s and F-18s off the deck. Uh, we also have the security of our cyber, cyber security. We have our health security. Uh, we have our economic security. Uh, and all those things play against your average veteran uh, daily daily habits. It's not just being a veteran and staying staying a veteran. It's being a veteran and becoming a citizen again. Yeah. And realizing there is a way to influence it. You can't just sit on the couch and yell at the TV. Now, that gets a lot of it out of you, for sure. <laughs> it, it's, it's a it's release. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a release, it's, but it doesn't help anybody. Yeah, it, it may help you, but it doesn't help the rest of us. Yeah, it's not <laughs> constructive. And and what what is it? You know, veterans understand teamwork and teams. And that's all we're saying is join into a constructive activity, politics at the local level. It doesn't take a lot of time. It is very, very important. And frankly, the Constitutional Republic uh, that we defended in the constitution is premised on the idea of that local level, that citizen soldier, that citizen in support of the community. Uh, so there's just this vestige echo in that uh, idea that I think most veterans understood implicitly or explicitly why they were deployed, but implicitly when they come home. Again, that's what we're talking to. Yeah. Not making everybody the next candidate for governor. We like the governor candidate we got. But we are saying that their their vote, together with the activities and teamwork they can provide and leadership, frankly, uh, is immensely influential. I don't know. What, I, I had never been in politics uh, at all or even consider it. But I got home to my hometown where I went to high school there at T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria. And I looked around and my whole family was dependent upon jobs and security and so forth. It was a natural to say, well, how can I serve the community? I didn't yeah. win the election. I ran twice. But uh, I learned a lot, and I learned that there's a lot of help needed on the front end of any election. So funny. Now, most elections start with a candidate looking across at their spouse if they're married, and both of them are wondering what you're about to, about to get into with a blank piece of paper in front of you. Yeah. And it, it, here we are. Can we help? What can we do? It's not show up in September and say, what can we do for you? We are a standing organization. We will be around after Election Day, building the data, growing, get better learning more about the state, learning more about the communities, uh, and do that with the people we've got now already volunteered in the board, but also continuing to expand as we get through the election. Well, you know, Bob, what I really like about what you just said was, you know, people that come out of the military are mission-oriented. 
and it's always the next mission. And that's that's a tagline that Daniel Gade has. Uh, he he says that this is just a new mission. It's yeah. a different mission. It's a new mission. And, yeah. you know, not all of us are going to be out front. Not all of us are going to be running for office. You know, if, if you are, if that's something that you're motivated to do, then do it. And and there's people around here. You know, this, this organization, American Veterans Vote, is certainly an organization that would uh, help you certainly reach out and, and see if there's, yeah. there's a way that you can do that. But every person that's out there, and listen very close to me, uh, listen very closely, folks. If you are a veteran and you're out there right now and you're frustrated at what you're seeing in the state of Virginia, you're frustrated at what you're seeing in the United States right now, you have a talent. Every single person has something that they can contribute to this effort. You know, for me, I, I will I will just tell you in full disclosure, this podcast, Bob, is something that I, I thought, what can I do? I'm so frustrated with what's going on. What can I do? I can you know for me i like to talk i like to talk to people i like to interview hey is there a way that i can use that and add yeah. it to the mission set and help help my nation you know in my own way and i understand it's just a very small part and and hopefully it's effective hopefully it's reaching people but that was what i decided to contribute but i didn't just sit around and yell at the television like you said how can i help and that's what i'm trying to do now look at what you're doing you you ran for office and you know what yeah. if you if you didn't get elected Okay, but you put your hat in the ring, and God bless you for putting, you know, getting out there and trying. But we need every veteran out there to whatever whatever talent you have, or skill you have, or time that you have, contribute to the effort in some yeah, small we're, way. We're organizing that talent. Uh, we do it in in, a, in frankly a very kind way. You know, what are you interested in doing? What time do you have? And then our job, the Army, we call it putting troops to task. Okay. Um, and we're not signing everybody up to go as a legion to go knock on doors or make ring call or anything like that. We do that. We do that by folks who have the time and inclination to do that. Some people can't really get out much, and it's they're incredibly helpful by doing uh, phone calling. But more importantly, how about writing? How mm-hmm. about editing? Um, how about uh, reporting back and saying, here's the climate in this area. Here's what the issues are, helping us understand the issues. And it, it is uh, every every person with their individual talents netted together, network of networks, that has really proven to be quite successful and continues to build. We're ground up. We're not going to. We're not simply raising, let's say, money for a congressional candidate so someone who wins on the congressional side can come back and say, you know, we helped them. We'd rather as much have, say, I had never considered po- uh, politics or the political space. As a, as a veteran, because it was something I just frankly uh, didn't see as my job or my role while I was serving. Uh, and if we and ultimately they say I enjoyed what I was doing, it was it was effective or it had consequence and it was really served a purpose for my community. Mm-hmm. And the more that's the outcome, the better off we're going to be when you look at the numbers again, over 740, 770,000 veterans and about, you know, that we know of uh, about you know, 470,000 of those are voting veterans. Uh, and and that really adds up and it is consequential. So, you know, there is a season to this. There is a, uh, a voting season that goes on. It seems in Virginia, we're always having an election. That is frankly just about the case. But it's a little bit episodic. Uh, but importantly, you start to meet people in the community who have like minds, who have the ability to put your talents to use. Um, and I, when I was running, I used to, knock on the doors I ran for for as a Republican up in Alexandria, which is a, a, a thrill. That's a tough, that's a tough area to run as a Republican. 
Well, I, yeah. I found it, much, it was much about policy as it was politics up there, even though there's a block, block voting a lot. But, but I, people would look at me at the, as I stood on the doorstep, and they'd look me in the eye and say, are you a Republican <laughs> or, Dem- or a Democrat? You know? And I'd look them right back in the eye and say, I'm a veteran. And it's amazing where the conversation went from there. Yeah. Oh, my brother, my sister, my brother. You know, it, it went from there to a host of things, then commonalities, and then policies that were bugging them. So instead of going to a corner and saying, I obviously have to say this or I can't support that, it was more about what we together could do. And so that that was so helpful. And, and you know, I gave some, I scared a bunch of people up there, you know, running hard and, and I think doing well. But uh, it's the same thing now. Uh, as much as we are definitely center right and conservative about the issues, it's because the issues came to us. The Constitution, as it is being challenged or being rewritten or re- reframed, uh, our schools and what's going on, we all understand the value of education. In the military, you're forever being trained, you're forever even teaching most of the time, one way or another. So we understand the value of education. And then the choices we make as citizens. Everything from volunteering to serve or, frankly, volunteering to or for some other role is something that is just almost second nature for us. This breaks down a lot of isolation as well. You find yourself working as a team across a community in a way I think is fulfilling and consequential. And for that reason, again, it keeps us walking every day. Well, I love that line that you just gave, and that is the issues came to us, you know, and I know that my motivation for doing this podcast, it, it was instilled upon me. I, I just looked out at my nation. And by the way, I, you know, I served not only years in the Navy, but I was in the Washington Metropolitan Police Department for several years and then uh, the FBI for over 20 years. And when I, when I finally retired and I looked out after all those years of service and I looked at what has happened, it motivated me. It, 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 they motivated me to get involved because there's no way I I spent all these years serving my nation just to have it go down the tubes. Now, so let's pivot a little bit, Bob, if you don't mind. And that is this, okay, because somebody may be listening right now and they'll say, okay, uh, to a large extent, you guys are talking about uh, the the national climate, okay? However, however, this election coming up is a gubernatorial election it we're you know we have the uh, the governor seats open all the, these uh, house of delegate seats that are open so um all right mike and uh bob how does that relate to the state okay you guys are talking about you know, you know what's happening in uh, nationwide worldwide you know obviously we're all upset about the exit from afghanistan but we're talking about virginia so how do we tie the two together because the the national politics or the political scene is affecting the states because a lot of these draconian measures that we see coming out, and people need to understand this, the federal government cannot push out these policies that are really unpopular, can't push them out without the state's involvement and the state executing many of these policies. So knowing that this state election and the control of the state house is vital, isn't it? Well, it is. It's it's extremely important. Where it's a constitutional republic, lest we forget. Uh, that means there is a role in, in for, for the states and a role that's very important for a state like Virginia. Again, with its large defense industry, its very large military and veteran base, uh, and frankly, Northern Virginia with its huge amount of defense industries. Again, back to the workforce. So a national 
influences certainly Washington, but they influence through their uh, practices or their policies, influence uh, employment, education, uh, training, uh, a whole host of tax issues. And so what I think I find a lot greater support as I look at um, the, the races that we've got, Glenn Youngkin's uh, program for veterans is, is incredibly good. It talks about uh, assisting in transition, helping uh, in areas of education, law enforcement, uh, and and uh, and healthcare, uh, helping with uh, veterans transitioning into those fields, eliminating a lot of red red tape and bureaucracy to help veterans start businesses and stay and keep businesses growing. Uh, to all the retired out there, uh, retired military, uh, he is absolutely convinced that it's right to uh, remove the uh, taxes on military pensions mm-hmm. up to thousand by the first forty thousand the forty thousand dollar level. So he is committed to that. It's in writing. He talked about it just today. I heard him speak today. Uh, so that's uh, good news for pen- those with pensions. But he's also talking about eliminating the grocery tax, about cutting the cost of uh, the taxes in general, but the cost of living as he can best do it in in Virginia. And he wants to make Virginia the absolute best state for veterans. He's committed to it. Uh, he's got uh, plans to double the veteran service officers that are in the state, make uh, what he calls a gold plate digital hub. So getting to services is enabled by, a, this case, a, uh, a gentleman who has a lot of business and technical skills and understands the importance of uh, that ease of transactions. So people aren't always fighting the bureaucracy or fighting the state. Um, he is committed to this. Uh, he's published it repeatedly. He today talked about it again. And in fact, we're going to have a large veteran rally down in Virginia Beach pretty soon. Mm. And I know, of course, it uh, there. So it comes home in the sense of uh, your job, your your the schools your kids go to. Uh, it's it's not simply veteran issues. It comes down to health care, of course, though, because uh, veterans in general, if you look at the demographics, uh, average age of veterans in the state of Virginia is 62. So health issues are important. And so VA and VA medical services are incredibly important. In particular, of late, I've become more and more uh, interested and convinced that um, uh, the mental health support, good for obviously veterans who may need that, but also families who need counseling for all those deployments, all that time away. I know coming back from multiple deployments in my past, it's you have to almost, uh, we decided we could bring people home from deployment and give them a block leave for two weeks. You know, go ahead, take leave for two weeks. We missed the step, the step between coming home, getting welcomed at the, at the ship or at the uh, airfield is transition and integration because the spouses have been involved with families by themselves for a long period of time. So it's not just come home and welcome it's come home and reintegrate and transition back to, uh, of family working in the in the community. So the transition and integration was a very important step we added in. It helped a lot in the mental mental health uh, sort of things. But anyway, we're constantly learning these lessons uh, and we can't simply only concentrate on that deployed service member. We have to think about the families and their needs. And those needs are stacking up and that's how it comes home to us. We deploy out of the ports, we leave from the airfield, uh, we we uh, depart from uh, in our forces, and not only the active force. We have an incredible, valuable National Guard, and they are pulling tight missions that I've never imagined in my early career. 
I mean, they're doing everything from uh, cybersecurity activities to reinforcing uh, uh, port security to obviously deploying and serving in a variety of ways uh, once deployed. Uh, and all of that is taking them from their job and with great support from the employers. However, they're they're very good at that. Uh, but we have to keep in mind this is a, a really mixed set of talent that is doing a diverse set of activities, many of them at risk, but certainly a lot of them away. And so the mental health portion of, of care and support is as important as the medical support. Yes, it is, uh, because we're very aware, and if the listeners are not aware, the suicide rate for uh, our active duty military and veterans is horrendous, horrendous. And that's something that needs to be addressed. And I hope that that's something that whoever gets elected uh, in this election does address. Well, you know, I'll tell you, we've had roundtables with uh, veterans a number of times, and those issues have been brought up uh, and captured the attention, in particular, not only of Glenn Youngkin, but also Winsome Sears, a Marine veteran herself. Yes, she listens in, uh, in attentively. She is constantly seeking information and doing the best she can to educate herself on all the issues, in this case, in veteran areas that I've had my contact with her. Heck of a good listener. Intent, and very intense listener. Uh, challenging uh, because she wants to understand what it is that she can do in her office, lieutenant governor, but importantly, as a representative, a female representative of veterans, in this case, in Virginia. So, here we have a ticket that has Glenn Yonkin, uh, a very, very successful uh, businessman. Uh, we have Winsome Sears, who uh, has her own legal background and practice and is a Marine veteran. Then we have Jason Mieres, who's, um, you know, who is a, a first generation Cuban ref- from her folks who came from uh, Cuba. Uh, so he understands the plight of uh, refugees and, and uh, immigrants. More importantly, he understands the potential of uh, that population to succeed and thrive uh, personally, he understands that. So we have a a dream ticket, no doubt about it, Mm -hmm. all of them incredibly skilled. And so our job is to help them win. And as far as house districts, there's 100 districts in the state. Uh, First time in a long time, we've had 100 candidates. I think it didn't quite work out, it may be 98. Uh, There were a couple people that came late trying to get their papers filed, but God bless them for jumping in the ring. That's a lot of candidates running in a lot of places who can use the support. One, two, or three people. We have, we have worked at putting liaisons from American veterans folk down to a, a number of those candidates and campaigns. And they're the kind of the, the liaison that goes from the campaign back to us saying, here's what we need. Here's how you can help support. Uh, and we continue to expand not only the liaisons, but also our endorsement of candidates who we talk to, we vet it, we believe in, uh, and that's all posted on our website. Yeah, yeah, and we've interviewed a number of those candidates on the show, by the way. So if if you've not had a chance to go back and listen to those interviews, uh, please do. Please do because there are some great candidates that I'm really excited about the election. Yeah. To be honest with you, I really am. And there's a lot of veterans running, but it's not just veterans. I mean, there's people interested with great life stories, backgrounds, skills, uh, and kind of proves that uh, this democracy, this constitutional republic is was a great idea to begin with. It just has to be re-energized, obviously, with the new blood of new candidates, but importantly, with new ideas. And the ideas, I think, right now that are in the public space and the elected leadership, 
is is can can take some refreshing. Let me put it that way. But more importantly, it can be changed because I think there's some mistakes that only can be corrected through the ballot box. Yeah, that's it. That's the only way. Elections matter, people. You know, uh, speaking of which, Bob, um, when you go out there and you talk to the veterans out there, what are the hot ticket items right now? When it, when you go to these rallies and you talk to people, what do you Med- is the yeah. the biggest energizer right now? What what's the feel? Well, uh, medical care transition. Uh, you know, a typical veteran has their first job might last it just in an average sense. It might last two to three years, their first job out, because that's an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. They understand now they're out what their talents are and how it's valued in the marketplace. But they then understand, well, what I'd really like to do is take the talent I really enjoy and move towards maybe a degree, an apprenticeship, a certificate of, of skill or training. So the transition process who starts from the time they leave the military till they actually find where they want to land. That's important. Many of them have a kind of an independent and an entrepreneurial streak, so they can maybe start a business. They don't like the fact that that's made harder than it needs to be. So transition, training, education, medical care, uh, and in particular, I, I think integration back to the community. Because they walk out, they come out with a, a understanding of their experience, and, and frankly, uh, uh, they've been away a while. Uh, while they've been away, uh, their education uh, needs to be upgraded or made you know, or different. Uh, the community that they left isn't the same community they came back to. Yeah. So back to that integration again. How do we integrate them, understand their background experience, value that background experience, and give, give them pathways to new skills, new opportunities, and uh, perhaps even new homes and, uh, and communities? They'll want to, you know, and that's what we want to do because we're losing veterans out of the state of Virginia to other states who fashion themselves as you know, the best for veterans. But we know we have been in the past and can once again become, I believe, with Governor Yunkin when he wins. Uh, we can become the best state for, for veterans, not just because of tax breaks on pensions, that's good, but lower cost, better transition training, support and finding the help that they earned, whether it be medical or mental or frankly, skills. Uh, and and that that's, they're like any other citizen who've been through, in this case, a unique experience kind of bonds them together as a single, uh, as an understanding of that experience. But they're, they're, they're good citizens ready to do good things. And the barriers and obstacles that prevent them from transitioning to that next job or that new community, I think, need to be uh, lessened. Yeah. Well, right now, when you look at the organization of American Veterans Vote, what's the biggest skill set that you need? What do you, what do you have a critical need for right now? I'll take a web designer in a minute <laughs> because it's, it, you know, it's good enough, but uh, it was put, put together early. Um, but so I, I would say that, but also I think liaison down with the candidates. I don't want to go, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm comfortable where I, I might live in Woodbridge uh, or uh, somewhere else in the, in the state. So can it support the local candidates? And, and so what they do is say, I'd like to volunteer. Here are my skills. Where could I use those skills? And we'd like to make them helpful to the House of Delegate candidates in particular. Um, they're the ones who need as much help as we can give them, and we can win with that plus six. So helping the local candidates, uh, I think, is where I'd, I'd use uh, the most talent at uh, in the general sense. But from the uh, organization and institutional level, the type of skills that you could imagine, whether it be uh, some financial skills, but we're we're pretty solid there. Yeah. But uh, 
writing. We love the writing. I mean, frankly, we've got a button on our website. Uh, most of our newsletters, in fact, says, here's how to write a letter to the editor. Go ahead and, and, and tell in, in your local press what it is you, you think and uh, how you think that plays out in support of a candidate. Uh, so I, I think uh, the writing skills and broadly so. Then there's just the general volunteer. Uh, we're going to have uh, a luncheon, a, a breakfast, uh, a, 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 a rally. So volunteer to support the local party, of course. But through us, you can volunteer to help American veterans vote in a lot of our vet, veteran activities. And we're, they're organizing all over the state. So as a volunteer with some of your time uh, to help in finding the venue or supporting the, uh, the sign-in, sign-out, mm-hmm. all of those. So just the general simple but important team skills so join a team uh join american veterans vote and uh with the time and talent you've got without question uh we can we can put that to good use without overtaxing anybody it's all so easy when there's one there's not one person doing everything it's so easy that when 10 of us uh are in agreement about what the mission is and just like any other activity on the on the deck plate or out in the in the squadron or the platoon, it's uh, lighter with a lighter with a team to get things done. That's right. Volunteer, be involved. Our little motto says, you know, volunteer, organize, vote, win. Volunteer, organize, vote, win. Volunteer is a natural thing. Of course, one bit of advice I think my dad gave me at one point is said, you know, be careful what you volunteer for. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, right, exactly. Now, I was in the Navy, and so they always said Navy stood for never again volunteer yourself. But that's not what we're talking about here. We want you no, to volunteer. <laughs> no, that's, sometimes it's perilous, but that was an instrument in Korea, so maybe he had that. <laughs> but we want you to volunteer. And you know what? Yep. And, Bob, and the other thing, too, is, you know, for the listeners that are out there, and if you think there is nothing I can do, so I, I really like this uh, way the, you talk about on the website and, and the newsletter where you can volunteer to write letters. Uh, do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that on your own time. Hey, here's another thing. Everybody has a network. Bob talked about networks building networks, right? Everybody has a network of friends. Here's a simple solution, too, or a simple thing that you can do. This podcast that I'm doing with Bob right now or any of the other candidates that, that I've interviewed, take those for those to your network of people. Get the word out. Spread this stuff. Spread it and spread the word. And those are things that you can do that don't cost you anything. It uh, doesn't take a whole lot of time. Certainly doesn't, you know, it, 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 you don't have to leave your house even to do that. But that's a small way that you can help spread the message as well. Yeah. And we have a website, of course, AmericanVeteransVote.com. That's with an S. And, you know, American Veterans Vote, I want to explain that name just for a moment. Yeah. We, we took a while to get to that, but American Veterans Vote is a statement of fact. We do. It's also a bit of a warning. American Veterans Vote, lots of them, lots of us. We have a point of view. Last time I checked, there are 20 million veterans in the United States. American Veterans Vote. You put a comma in there, American Veterans, comma, vote is a, is a call to action. So the name works. Also, we can say American Veterans Vote for this candidate. American veterans vote for the nation's security. So that's why the name, uh, that's why we used it. Uh, and we think it, uh, it, it is a bit of a rallying, a rallying cry. I mean, the last time I checked 20 million veterans in the, in the nation, that was, uh, that's a pretty large number of people, all of whom are different in terms of their experience, certainly in their politics. But you know what? There's a bit of a commonality behind it all. 
and that's an affection for the nation, uh, the Constitution, and an understanding of service. And what we're really asking for is a call to serve again, now comfortably in your job, in your community, in your role. But service can start with as easy as a vote, but importantly, if you could volunteer and help organize as a team, that would be equally good. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. So before we leave, uh, Bob, tell the listeners once more how they can get hold of you, how they can get hold of Americans, uh, American Veterans Vote. We have a general website uh, or a general link uh, that you know I would offer, uh, but it's info at info, I-N-F-O, at AmericanVeteransVote.com. The best way to get a hold of us is at uh, our link to our website. It's, it's info at, I-N-F-O, at AmericanVeteransVote.com, which uh, reaches pretty deep in our organization. We keep a close eye on that. Uh, if you need to get in touch with me, it's it's B Bravo Wood, B Wood, Bravo Whiskey, Oscar, Oscar Delta, at AmericanVeteransVote.com, or call Mike, call you. Yeah, and you can get hold of the show. Uh, Of course, you know about our our, uh, Facebook Facebook site. And then, um, of course, I'm going to put all of this information on the podcast advertisement, and we'll we'll do that as well. So, folks, you got to get out. You got to get out and vote. You got to get involved. Please reach out. Every veteran, every vote. Absolutely. Well, Bob, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for what you're doing. Oh, no, thank you for everything that you're doing. And guys, once again, this is the Mark Fine Show. Thanks for joining us for this really just basking in freedom and patriotism and the American way of life. Folks, keep your heads up, okay? Keep your heads up. This is not a dark time. Well, it actually it is kind of a dark time right now, but the light is coming. And, you know, for you veterans that are out there, you, you never gave up. You never gave up. And we, uh, this is just the time to get motivated to go out and participate, and good things will happen. Remember, we had the Reagan Revolution after those dark times of Jimmy Carter. And I kind of have that same feeling, you know, these days. And, you know, in Virginia, I, I've looked over the years and just wondered what happened to the state. Well, I'll tell you what happened to the state is I think that we became complacent. This isn't the time for complacency. This is the time to be involved, and we we can do this, folks. We can do this. This is just the next mission. It's the next thing. So with that, check us out on Parlor. Check us out on Rumble. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Yes, we're still on Facebook, even Twitter, believe it or not. But with that, folks, I really appreciate you listening. Spread this message far and wide. We can build this thing together through our networks, and uh, we will be seeing you soon. Take care.